This is the NX Wealth Management SWAT podcast, episode 12, for Monday, August 15th, 2022. In this podcast, members of our investment team at Annex talk through the SWAT, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the markets and the economy in the upcoming week. I'm joined this morning on the vaunted Mike Four by Trevor Nargis, trader and research analyst at Annex Wealth Management. Trevor, top of the morning to you. Good morning. And to my left, on the powerhouse mic, Mike Two. Blaine Disrude, Chartered Financial Analyst, also a trader and research analyst at Annex Wealth Management. Blaine, good morning. Morning, Greg. So, as many of you know, the past month we've had quite the rally. We've seen a, a, a decent amount of momentum in the markets here. I think that's one of the strengths that we wanted to go into here. So, Blaine, as far as momentum and, and earnings season are concerned, what are you seeing? We saw some of the biggest inflows into the market last week. It was the largest that we had seen in the last eight weeks. And that was noticed by Bank of America. They do some really good analysis and publish that. So we really saw retail investors, investors in general, just start to redeploy the cash that we had been mentioning before getting back into the market, if you will. There's a phrase, flows over pros. And I I think that thesis in general has kind of come to light in the past month and a half. Fund flows, buybacks, that recent improvement in just the impulse of of retail traders has really helped kind of lift the markets higher here. The earnings season as well came in better than expected. Granted, analysts didn't have a lot to go off of, given the lack of guidance that companies had issued over the last two years, but they're really starting to get that guidance from companies now and people can start to project out what these companies are going to be earning going forward. It sounds like what you said was emotion It might be involved in the inflows. Am I reading too finely in this or is, the, is there a lot of data here for the inflows? So some of it's data, but that data then gets turned into emotion. And that is where you see retail investors come back in. There's been headlines around the meme stocks getting a bunch of attention, uh, AMC, Robinhood, you name it. Some of those companies have really gotten a big bounce off of the lows that we saw a few weeks ago. So if if we're looking at an increase in, say, meme stocks and so on, does that make this a, a genuine strength or is it just strength for this week? So I would say it's more temporary strength. And that is when last week Trevor and Todd talked about potential bear market bounce. While that is very true, it could turn out to be just a bear market bounce or a rally inside of a longer term bear market. It is a recent strength that in the market, prices are starting to come back and valuations are starting to come up. Yeah, the only other thing that I would add to that, some of those meme stocks, as as you want to put it, are longer duration in nature. So something like a Coinbase or something like a Robinhood that's still in its growth stage. Those longer duration assets have really caught a bit as of late. So large unprofitable tech has done quite well, things like that. So I think those kind of get wrapped up into the broader argument of hey, longer duration assets are doing quite well right now. Risk on assets are doing quite well. I think those kind of just get caught up into that. So something else that I would say is a relative strength in the market is that, Blaine, as you pointed out, CPI might look like it's rolling over here. And we saw that with the most recent report. It also contributed a bit to the the rally of late. Consumer sentiment came in better than expected last week, and that was also attributed to the expectations that inflation is starting to roll over. That's one of the questions that is asked in the Michigan Sentiment Survey, and that came through and is being attributed to some of the rally. Yeah, and we can touch on this a, a little later too, but like you alluded to, consumer inflation expectations have started to 
come down as far as long-term expectations. And that's also been another driver of the rally here because if inflation is down, the Fed might not have to be as aggressive. That's going to help those risk on assets, those growthier assets a little more. Let's segue into weaknesses here. One thing that I'm thinking of here is that the the headline weakness is more of a weakening economy. I know we had a encouraging inflation print, call it not last week, Friday, the Friday beforehand. We also had a really strong jobs report, but it's important to kind of dive into that and look underneath the hood a little bit. Some macroeconomic data points are suggesting a weakening economy. So weak real GDP in the first half of 2022, poor productivity, you have the money supply shrinking. On the labor market side of things, you also have some cracks starting to show up as for, for example, you have weekly jobless claims starting to trend up. I would think on that productivity side of things, we saw productivity fall 4.6% in Q2, while those labor costs increase about 10.8%. So I think the labor market is kind of starting to show some cracks. I think one thing to note is that in some previous recessions, we have had the labor market start off quite strong and then start to deteriorate. I think that's something to keep an eye on here. I would concur. The weakening labor market I had actually as a bit of a threat that ties right in with a weakness as of right now. The beige book from Goldman Sachs, which goes over what companies had said during earnings season, there is expectations for reduction in the speed in which they are hiring people. That ties right in with labor market weakening and potential for that to continue going forward. For the sake of providing some examples too, you know, we've seen big tech kind of starting to slow down hiring. That's one of those first areas that I think has really started to show it because some of these tech names have maybe gotten out over their skis. Policy in general has been very accommodative towards these high growth companies. And so now that those companies are starting to lay off some of their workforce. You know, you have startups that are starting to cut their headcount. Some of these newer names, you know, Coinbase, Robinhood, like names we just mentioned in, in the recent meme stock rally earlier, they've had to cut back some of their workforce. And now you also have big tech names slowing hiring. So I think it's just another example of how we're starting to see that hiring slowdown. You both have studied the economy and finances uh, historically. Are things moving as fast, faster or slower than they used to. It seems like technology might hasten things, or is it just the same way it always was? And I, I'm bringing this up in light of, say, jobs, right? When you see a, a downturn in jobs like this, is it a reaction to the rates, or is it a reaction to something that preceded it? I'm talking about timing. How does this, how does this sequence? Is the sequence faster than it used to be? So it's really dependent on the situation. Overall, yes, things happen more quickly today than they have in the past. But there's still a proponent to it that it just takes time for certain things to work through the system. For a company that, and we'll just make an example, let's say they have a certain amount of short-term debt on the books. They don't need to recapitalize or take that debt and restructure that debt today. But when they go to restructure that debt six to nine months from now, okay, interest rates are higher. They go to reissue it. Now they have a higher cost of capital going forward. So that's how that plays out over the next six to nine months. As far as receiving that data or knowing that data is coming, that's all consumed much quicker today than it was in the past because it's easy for Trevor and myself to just load up a company or load up a certain part of economic data and just see where does that sit right now and can we analyze that in a much faster way. Yeah, and I would think, you know, even kind of 
pivoting on what you said, Greg, to do things move faster now. I kind of think of that also from a market side of things too. Blaine and I have talked about this at our desk that the market is a lot quicker to price things in now. Now, whether or not that's accurate, there obviously is room for price divergence there. Again, the market is quicker to price things in. Whether that is correct, it's it's not necessarily correct all the time. It, it does provide room for more swings in volatility, more volatility in general. You have price fluctuations in various um, risk on asset classes. Markets just move a lot faster than they used to. You also have the incorporation of technology, high frequency trading. There's a slew of things that contribute to that. Investing has become more democratized, so on and so forth. Let's pivot into some of the opportunities that we're seeing here. It's really easy to be a little gloomy right now, given the general outlook of the economy. But I do think that there are some opportunities we are kind of seeing here. And one of those is potential for peak inflation. If we have seen the the peak of inflation, the inflation going forward will be a tailwind for the markets. As inflation comes down, companies and individuals, day-to-day consumer will be able to start to prioritize where they spend their money or how they capitalize their money. And that obviously is beneficial to the markets. Right. And if we have seen peak inflation, the Fed very well may either slow the pace of their hikes or they, they might be done hiking short-term rates because the market has done a lot of that for them. That might be another catalyst for the market's continued rally in the second half of this year. Because as inflation falls faster than consensus, along with those expectations, the futures market tends to reflect a less aggressive tightening campaign by the Fed. So that tends to result in lower short-term rates. You have a steepening yield curve, so the curve isn't as inverted. That indicates a healthier economy, and that coincides with the soft landing that people have been talking about, which is typically good for stocks. And then the other opportunity we had was small caps. So multiples, valuation multiples on small caps right now are still relatively attractive compared to your large, larger cap companies, specifically tech and so forth. When we're looking at the just relative historical valuations, uh, that is still an opportunity inside the market of a place where people might look to invest. So pivoting into the threats here, let's wrap it up with threats. Blaine, what are you seeing right now? Big threat is that the inflation still proves to be sticky. So we talk about the opportunity of inflation rolling over. Counter to that would be inflation doesn't roll over. We have wage pressures continue. We talked about the labor market as being strong. I know you guys talked about participation rate last week. If you don't see people come back to the workforce, that puts pressure on companies to have to continue to increase wages to attract new entrants or keep people that are currently at their in their jobs. Yeah, and as far as inflationary pressures, you know, when there are increasing wages, right, that just further increases a company's costs, right? You have increased input costs from the cost of raw materials, uh, the cost of research and development, but then you also have, you have to pay out more, right? So that's ultimately eating away at companies' bottom lines. And typically, those cost increases then have to be passed on to the consumer. So it's just kind of this cycle that we're seeing. I think in general with inflation that this whole argument of demand being an excess of supply is what has helped to generate inflation. People talk about supply chain issues, things not being able to come back online. That is a a factor of that issue. And until that supply side starts to get figured out a little more, demand can cool off. And that's what the Fed is trying to do in hiking rates and whatnot. But the supply side still has to get figured out. Because at the end of the day, if demand is still an excess of supply, that puts inflationary pressure on the economy. And I had one last one that isn't 
in our notes, but China. I'm not talking about the China-Taiwan situation. I'm simply talking about China and their economic activity. They've had weak data coming out. We talked about it a few weeks ago, and it continues to be a concern. The second largest economy starts to slow. That could start to have ripple effects. Well, right, and you know that was some of the data that we were just looking at this morning, is that it wasn't really expected for Chinese data to come in that week, but it did, even despite not as harsh COVID measures, things like that. A slew of data that we just saw come in was not that great. That's going to be interesting to see how the market digests that today. We In the pre-market, we're seeing some risk on assets kind of taken on the chin. But like Blaine said, if the second largest economy in the world is starting to slow down, going to be something that we're going to need to watch. So let's go around the horn and get the headlines. What's the headline strength? Headline strength is uh, the recent momentum that we've seen in the market with inflows coming back from individual investors and professional investors. Headline weakness? I would say a weakening economy in general. You know, we've had some data points that suggest a weakening economy, so it's something that we're going to need to watch. Headline opportunity? We have potentially seen peak inflation, which will be a good tailwind for the markets going forward. Headline threat? That headline threat would be that inflation proves to be stickier than expected. Uh, you know, you have core services could be a little stickier if wages keep rising. It could be a little tougher for things to kind of roll over here. That's your Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast for today, August 15th, 2022. We'll talk to you next week. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management, LLC, nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.